Ben Schwartz. Ben's a guy I've uh, become friends with uh, through Tecmo Bowl. And for resume's sake, Ben rolled to a third place finish at Beercade here in the great city of Omaha, Nebraska in the 2016 Tecmo Bowl tournament. Uh, how you doing today, Ben? I'm doing pretty good. Now, as I recall, the only person who actually beat me that day was you. That's correct. I think you were yeah. <laughs> yeah, you were six and one that day. You posted the uh, the biggest blowout of the whole tournament, something ridiculous, like sixty six to nothing or something. Yeah, it was in the fifties to nothing. The guy I was playing was not uh, what I would describe as an experienced tech mobile player. Well, that helps. Um, I was uh, I was Dallas in that game, and uh, Hers- Herschel Walker ran real real well for me that day. I can, especially against an inexperienced player, I can see that happening. Um, I actually pulled off the the loop, the loop around where you loop back around the pursuing defender mm-hmm. and caused a missed dive tackle. I think that's the only time that's ever actually worked when I was playing another person. <laughs> so I'll take it. <laughs> yeah. For uh, those of you not familiar with the Tecmo versus RBI site, we showcase the original Tecmo Bowl, so that's what we'll be talking about today. Let's go back to that 2016 Tecmo Bowl tournament here in Omaha, Nebraska. What were your thoughts going in? Because you said you didn't feel like you were a very good player, and you were clearly one of the best guys there. How did the, the tournament play out for you? Well, tradition, mostly. I've always been more enthusiastic than good when it comes when it comes to video games in general. And didn't really know what to expect going in and knew that, you know, you played all the time and I didn't, as it turns out, you're a pretty rare bird. There aren't a lot of people out there like you, but I didn't know that going into the tournament. So I figured I'd get waxed by people who played the game more often than I did. I also live in outstate Nebraska, so it's hard to find people to play the game against. So Really, the last few years, the person I have played Tech Mobile against the most is probably you. <laughs> so, um, when the only actual game time you get is against one of the best players in the world, it's hard to judge how good you are, you know, if that makes any sense. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. It's definitely a measuring stick. You know, your friend Brandon that was at the tournament, he had, he had some decent game. I, I definitely think you're a superior player, but but I see he, he presents some challenges. Brandon, if Brandon's kind of in my boat. If he could play more often or played more often, he'd be he'd be better. But yeah, he's not bad. We played some uh, <clears throat> warm up games before going to the tournament, and I played his indie because at that point. I had not seen the lights on Indianapolis yet, but I had read on your website that they're a sneaky, really good team. And I wanted to give it a shot, but I didn't know what I was doing. I didn't understand the offense. And I think he was Cleveland. Cleveland's a solid team. And he ended up beating me. But that is, that's the only time he's ever beaten me. We've played maybe a half dozen games. Okay. But yeah, he's not a, he's not a bad player at all. He, he showed up. I did the, um, the, 
event at the pop culture exchange store where if someone could come in off the street and beat me, they would win like a $25 gift card to pop culture exchange. And he gave me a pretty good game. There was a turning point in the second quarter where I went for it on like fourth and goal from the six and got into the end zone to really separate at the end of the half. Otherwise it could have definitely been a closer game. So, um, you know, for somebody off the street, he he's uh he's got a pretty decent game. I'll, I'll definitely give him that. And he told he told me he went into that like cult. You know, no yeah. warm up games or anything. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um. So my understanding is that's kind of how the game <laughs> played out. Yeah. It was someone who hadn't played in the in several months. Yes. Um. It, it's you know as, as good as I am in a setting like that where you come in in a one game situation cold it's yeah it's going to be hard to, to defeat me in that situation <laughs> yeah. what was the matchup in that game do you recall i believe he was cleveland and i was seattle and i was seattle's player one he threw like an early pick or something and so it kind of it really tilted things in my favor cuz i i scored like a field goal and then a touchdown so next thing you know it's like 10 nothing and then from, he is a real life Browns fan, and okay. I'm a lot better with Cleveland than he is. And I remind him of that as frequently as I can. <laughs> hey, I want to go back to something you, you talked about. You were Indy, and he was Cleveland. That's yeah. a really tough matchup for Indy because uh, Cleveland, there really is no way to get good pass coverage help, no matter what you call on defense against them. So Indy's defense is really outmanned by Cleveland's offense in that in that matchup. So while I rank Indy, you know, like a spot ahead of Cleveland, Cleveland is a they're a favorite in that matchup. But see, that's interesting. I didn't realize that. Cleveland's defensive backs can really they can do a pretty good job of bottling up Dickerson, but there's like nobody on on Indy's defense to shut down Cleveland's passing attack. And then because Indy's defense is generally so slow outside of Dwayne Bickett, they have a hard time corralling Kevin Mack and keeping him from getting pretty decent yardage. So it's, it's a, I've won, I won that matchup as both teams in the 2016 and 2017 Omaha Tech Mobile tournament. So you can win it either way, but I definitely won it more comfortably with when I was Cleveland and Cam had Indy as opposed to the next year when I was Indy and Derek had Cleveland, so it's it's tough. Yeah, I recall I recall the championship game from from the first tournament. You were in the driver's seat throughout most of that game. I at least that was my interpretation. Yeah, it it was a game. I almost threw a pick in the first quarter. Um, Cam, I think what happened is he ended up cheating up on me a little bit, and I th- I threw a ball where I didn't want to, and I just got lucky. So had he intercepted that, it would have been a totally different game. I think it was 3 nothing at the half. In the second half, I opened it up, got up to 10 nothing. I blocked a field goal late in the third quarter. If he hit that field goal, I was, you know, it's going to be a seven-point game, and, and uh, things are going to be really tight. But as soon as I blocked that field goal late in the third quarter, I knew it was over. I went down, scored another touchdown. So 17 nothing win, but it, it was a lot closer than the score indicates. Well, yeah, he's in, he's another one of those freaks who's yeah. really amazing at the game. So that was going to be a, a tough throw no matter what. Yes, definitely. So I was I was sweating that. And Cam was a guy that used to have a pretty ridiculous winning percentage against me going back to, I believe, 2008. 
but the tables have turned. I think I've won five of my last six or six of my last seven against Cam. So definitely flip the script on him. What, what uh, changed? Real, real quick, what, okay. what's changed in the last 10 years or so? The, the main difference is I became better offensively for the longest time. I could match defensive schemes with those guys, but for the longest time, I, I would, you know, we would, we would play, you know, I'd go like 10 and 20 against those guys over, over a weekend or something like that. And um, I kept going back and we, we, we kept practicing and we kept going back and I thought eventually like I was going to get the breaks and it just, it didn't happen year after year. So I actually discovered or, or implemented some new ways to train offensively and kind of had more of a cerebral approach offensively, started looking into pre-snap reads, anticipating the coverages I was going to see. Uh, so I really had to overhaul my offensive approach. And so it got to the point where every team, every play, I know what I'm going to do with the ball. I know how I want to look off this receiver. So it took me a lot of training to get better offensively. And when we would go and play, Nate actually wasn't as good offensively as I was. So you think the Canadians would have an even bigger advantage over him. But Nate is a... Uh, he's just a phenomenal player when it comes to being a, a guy like Mike Singletary or Michael Carter of the 49ers and making diving tackles. So he had this, basically it would nullify his lack of offensive skill because he had this wild card and the Canadians couldn't adjust to, to his ability to make diving tackles. They had some problems with Nate because <laughs> he would just, he would just call pass. He would just tell him like, I'm not going to call a run play all game try me you know the problem is <laughs> i have nate's i have nate's like the timing down of his dives and his angles like i've played him you know like a thousand times literally so um right you know i'm like his kryptonite as far as diving tackles go but the canadians couldn't they, <laughs> they couldn't adjust they had they had troubles so while we're talking about cleveland uh you made a video recently on what's the YouTube? Do you remember what that YouTube video is called that you you made? So our listeners can check yeah. that out. Uh, no, I don't. As a matter of fact, <laughs> I can. Well, hold on. I can. We can keep talking here, and I will look it up. Yeah, but that was a phenomenal piece, man. That had me cracking up. So I figured. <laughs> I know I really like to use Cleveland. I figured we'd spend a little time talking about the the uh, the Cleveland. Uh, was it like a Komodo dragon that based on the logo on the intro screen? Yeah, like a it looks like a dinosaur with a snake's tongue. So I'm not sure what it's supposed to be. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> those those logos kill me, man. Yeah. What's your what's your what's your take? You know, Cleveland strengths, weaknesses. I, I I'd like to hear what you have, what your thoughts are on Cleveland in general. Well, it's I don't think it's at least from my vantage point, it's not tremendously complicated. Their offense lends itself to really conservative play. Kevin Mack's not the kind of guy who's going to rip off a big run for you, but he's also more likely than a lot of other backs to not be stopped right at the line. He, uh, he's got a lot of power, so he can usually shake off the first tackler or maybe even the first two tacklers. So it, he's kind of like a <clears throat> um, Leroy Horde. You remember Leroy Horde? Yes, yes, I do. Great. The great Leroy Horde. Mm -hmm. Leroy had a saying about himself where it was, if you need two yards, I'll get you three. 
If you need five yards, I'll get you three. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Kevin Mack, Kevin Mack is Leroy Horde. Although I will, I will throw this in real quick. One of the most painful experiences of my life was being at Mile High Stadium, 1999, which was a real rough year for the Broncos, coming off of back-to-back Super Bowl wins. Elway was gone. Davis was hurt. I think they started off 0-4. One of those losses was to Minnesota, and their running back was Leroy Horde. And Denver had Minnesota like third and 32, and they ran a draw with <laughs> Leroy Horde. Oh, man. And he gained, he gained 33 yards. <laughs> man. He, he converted it. And then later <laughs> in the game, they had like a third and 25, and he nearly converted another draw. They stopped him like two yards short. Did they give it to him on fourth or? Back no, to, they oh, punted. Okay. <laughs> Shoot, go for it, man. Yeah, he had the fire. Hey, I, I wanted to tell you real quick the YouTube channel, and I've really only got one upload, is BCS1982. The name of the video is Tecmo Cleveland. All right. Five minutes long. I, I enjoyed the hell out of that video. That had me cracking up. So <laughs> Tecmo Cleveland. That's easy to find. Tecmo Cleveland. So find it. Look it up, folks, on YouTube by BCS1985, you say? 1982. Oh, 82. Sorry. Yep. Okay. So uh, I'll say this about oh, Kevin. Okay. I'll say this about yeah, Kevin ahead. Kevin Mack and, and, and Tecmo. Great running back against the computer. Unfortunately, leaves something to be desired in, in two-player games. You know, can't obviously you can't really popcorn a, a human-controlled defender, but um, there are some teams that that still like if I'm Miami or Dallas, I really don't like facing Kevin Mack because if he if if I get blocked, my primary defender gets blocked. Uh, he eats alive those weak defensive backs. If I see a white dude that's a defensive back and Kevin Max heading for him and I'm grappling with a blocker, I'm like, uh oh. This is this is a Leroy Horde thirty three yard special. Oh yeah, Kevin Mack. He's probably my favorite player on the game. Uh incidentally, uh, in the tournament, I think half my wins, three wins were as Cleveland. And I ran well as Kevin Mack each time. Um, but as as has been noted. Uh, the kind of, the level of competition there wasn't tremendous, yeah. but yeah, I mean he he more or less got the job done for me that day. There was um, that guy uh, James. I can't think of what his last name is, but he did the style where he would drop way back with his quarterback, like twenty yards, and throw it. Man, that's hard to defend. Was was he was he Cleveland in that game? Do you remember? Oh goodness, I don't I don't recall. I do remember. I was I was taking notes of the players in the field, and he was one guy. And based on his style of offense, I was like, I'm not. I'm gonna make sure this dude is not getting Cleveland, because <laughs> Cleveland's <laughs> Cleveland's their offensive. Um, it's just hard to scheme around their playbook because there's always gonna be a top and a bottom receiver, different depths and parts of the field. So I was like, that dude is not getting Cleveland against me. He can have Seattle or Denver. Uh, I can deal with with the thirty yards drop back stuff with those teams, but Cleveland, man, nightmare. He told me after the game that he uh, thought he could beat me if we had played as better teams. Okay. I recall, 
it was uh, like a middling mm-hmm. matchup, and I don't remember who was who, but it, it was like a Denver Cleveland matchup or okay. something to that effect. Yeah. Um, he uh, thought that if he had more offensive weapons at his disposal, he could have beat me, and it very well could have been true. Um, that was a pretty that was a pretty competitive game. Guys like that, if they have a really good running back. If they can get you focusing on the pass and trying to stop that, and then they start hammering away with the running back, they're, they're definitely challenging. But if you <laughs> if you know what you're doing, you know a guy like you know myself, Nate, you know you, I think because you kind of figured out his pattern and, and eventually wore him down. But to the people off the street that just don't quite know what they're doing, that's a that's a nightmare for them. I'll say that. One of the one of the guys I played, and it was he called the matchup, and I had a Broncos jersey on, and he was a Giants fan. So he <laughs> called the matchup, uh, New New York and Denver, and I picked New York, and he was kind of put off by that. And I was like, "Well, I'm not dumb. <laughs> I'm not gonna, I'm not going to not take the best team in the game if it's an option." Yeah. Um, but what was weird about him was he was telling me that he played the game with his friends. Like he was in a band and they'd go out on the road and they played this game and he would beat all his friends. And I believed him, but he didn't. And he was not a bad player, but he didn't understand that when you get play picked, you're going to throw an interception if you try and pass the ball. Mm -hmm. And he also, he called the shotgun play, the Denver shotgun play on every third down. And I called and so I picked it every third down, and he kept throwing interceptions. It probably happened 10 times. But I didn't tell him until after the game what was happening um, because he was not bad when he wasn't doing that. Interesting. So, you know, I was like, I didn't want to, like, fix his game for him, and all of a sudden he goes on a 35 to nothing run, and I end yeah. up losing the game. No. Why, why, <laughs> why strategy on your part? Yeah. Yeah, I'll tell him afterwards. I'll be a buddy after the game. I'll say this. The the Denver-New York matchup, while on, in theory it seems like it's lopsided, man, Denver actually he can take the fight to New York. You know, and this is games where I've played against Nate or Cam against Derek. And it, that's a against really, really skilled, you know, top best of the best guys. That's a pretty brutal matchup if you're New York. That's not a gimme game. Yeah, uh, Denver's a legit team, but yeah. having <laughs> Carl Banks and Lawrence Taylor, I mean, bookended at uh, outside linebacker, it's just it's impossible for me to say no to. Yeah, I no. I can't turn that down. No, I, I agree. I'd, I'd take New York 10 times out of 10 there, but I've just gotten some battles with Denver that just there's some games where I'm like, man, these guys <laughs> – they're pretty stout. Well, we should jump back to Cleveland while we're while we're trying to roll through yeah. the Browns. So we covered Kevin Mack and his good qualities, bad qualities, and we've uh, you know we the thing that that really makes Cleveland go is Bernie Kosar is he's not an elite quarterback, but he's at that next step, that next level, and that guy can make a lot of good throws. You know, you'd mentioned it's kind of a conservative offense and. And it can be because you'll hit the stupid little, you'll hit the the out route to uh, Ozzie Newsome down in the flat. You'll check down to Kevin yeah. Mack. You know, so you can dink and dunk if you want to. But 
when you catch the defender creeping up a little bit, Bernie's got the he's got the goods to throw downfield, you know, make that 15-yard, 17-yard pass downfield just out of defender's reach. Uh, so they have that going for them. And defensively, they have an interesting skill set with Hanford Dixon and Frank Minifield, those, those, that combo of uh, speedy defensive backs. Defensively, they're, it's, it's a defense. It's nice. It's, you don't have the understanding of the inner workings of the game like you do, right? So for someone like me who's played the game and knows it a little bit, it's nice to have that option because it's real simple. You don't have to think real hard about it. And there's a lot you can do playing as a defensive back. Um, you've kind of, I don't know, you have explained to me the bump fit defense. Yes. Um, but, you know, Hanford, Hanford Dixon is just, he's one of the best defensive players in the game. He's a run or two below the absolute best, but you can do pretty much anything with that guy. And yeah. Frank Minifield is a good option to throw. If you want to throw something a little oh. weird at somebody, it's a good option. Yeah, that, that bunk bed, it's how it works, because, um, you know, our listeners at home won't probably know. You can be, you know, the top defensive back, for example, call the bottom run play. You stop the run play furthest away from you. You're not blocked on the top run. Uh, it's very effective. And and as you said, you can do a lot of things. So Dixon and Minifield are are in good position for the to stop the passing the passing routes, the quick throw up top, especially Dixon. For an inexperienced player, I've seen I've played in my share of games where I, I'm definitely a lot better than the guy, but by proximity of, of who he was using, Dixon, Minifield, for example. Uh, he found himself in a good spot to to inadvertently stop some things or pre- prevent me from attacking certain areas of the field. Yeah, it's uh, it's it's a, a pretty I guess accessible. It's a very accessible defense. And yeah, you have a good idea of how things are going to play out before the ball is snapped, uh, or what you need to do uh, to react depending on on what is called. Um, so I, I appreciate that about the defense. Offensively, yeah, it has. Uh, it has. I'm not sure if it has a name, but it's it's that play where there's the underneath route either to the wide receiver or the tight end where they kind of drop down on the bottom half of the field, and the defender has to take away the deep route. So that leaves, you know, in this instance, Ozzie Newsom, who's not a bad player. Uh, he's going to get the ball in his hands. He's got a good chance to get a first down. Yeah, that's that. That's so, that pass two route. Yep, runs that out route. And what's that play? Your top receiver does kind of an in and out and stops just off the screen, I believe. Ozzie Newsome does about a seven yard out, and then um, it's the bottom receiver. I can't remember if it's if it's. Uh, I think it's, that might be Langhorn down there. And he just runs a go. uh, Reggie's up top. Okay. Yeah, slaughter. And so he just runs that go route, you know, down far field as far as you can go. So they're at different levels of the field in in some ways, but they're also at different depths. So it's a, it makes, you know, it makes you be disciplined, stay on the deep guy. And that, that check down to, to Ozzy in the flat is just, you know, it's easy money there. Yeah. Money in the bank. Indy has, the wide receiver version of that play. Mm-hmm. Denver does too. Yep. Um, 
several teams do actually. And New York has the, the same play Cleveland does. And in that instance, you're getting the ball into Bavaro's hand, which is fantastic. It, yeah, and Bavaro is the fastest tight end, if I'm not mistaken, and I think Newsom is the second fastest. So well, it's it's a good it's good that those teams you know get to showcase their tight end talent on that particular play. Yeah, it's nice to be able to get the ball in there. Yeah, uh, you know, other than that, I guess it's just ease of use is why why I like uh, Cleveland. You know, it's just, it's a very uh, steady team. It's pretty forgiving. You know, like you can make a mistake on defense. Hanford Dixon is fast enough that he'll, he'll fix it without too much damage being done. Kozar is a good quarterback. I don't know where he ranks. I know he's not as good as one of the top three, but is he maybe fourth or fifth? He is, if I'm not mistaken, without the, without the numbers in front of me, he is the fourth best with arm strength. And it's there's definitely a step down from from the Montana Marino Elway group to Kozar, but he's right there. I mean, he's there's throws that outside of those three, he's about the only guy that I I have faith in making is with Kozar. I have a bad <coughs> habit of throwing across the field, um, and I play a fair bit uh, as Denver and Miami. It's really not a problem with. With Marino or Elway, they can usually make the throw. And when and you Kozar can, too, yeah. for the most part. And, and what you mean is like you might roll out to the top and then you're throwing. I di- roll to the top and throw to the bottom. Yeah, yeah, diagonally all the way across the field is what you're meaning. Yeah. So yeah. Just clarify yeah. that for our listeners. Yep. <laughs> yeah. I, you know, that, I mean, that's not a smart thing to do, but you can get away with it with Kozar. Yes, I, I agree. I agree. When when you and I played that game, you were Miami and I was Cleveland. Actually, you picked me off on one of those. I think I tried to go to slaughter, but I had rolled to the top, and originally it was gonna throw down to Newsom, and then for whatever reason, um, maybe I just thought you were cheating up, or I thought I saw something. I tried to make that extra extra long throw down to to slaughter, and and you picked it off. So you do have to be careful for yeah. that position. So. Yeah, for for sure. And John Offered all may I think I picked you up a couple times with yes, Offered he's, he's pretty he's a pretty fast linebacker. His f- fifteen speed, which I think the fastest defender on the game is Lot and uh Lott and LT with eighteen. Fifteen is definitely above average, I'll say that. Offered well, he's about all they got on that defense. Yeah, he's Brutal. that's that's a defense that <laughs> Uh, requires a lot of scheming to make things happen. Yeah, you got to call a good game or you're going to struggle to stop anybody with with Miami, which is kind of why I tend to uh, avoid them playing with other people or playing against other people because I kind of feel like uh, you got to not only call a great game defensively, you got to be sharp with your passing and you know, that's a lot harder than it is to just grind out a win on the ground, which you can't really do with Miami. You know, when you're playing somebody that knows what they do, what they're doing against Miami, they know how to make the right call to take away your top receiver, your bottom receiver. So they end up making you throw into some some windows that are a little tighter than, than you want to. And that leads it leads itself to making some mistakes. So Miami is they used to be. We used to think they were one of the best teams in the game, but once we learned the defensive schemes and strategies for them, they've really plummeted down the down the ladder. 
Yeah, I don't recall what you had them ranked, but like I think they're they're better than the two crippled teams, of course. Yeah. Um, and I like them a lot more than Dallas, even though Dallas has Herschel. Um, I just I can't get Dallas's offense to work for me, and I haven't tried too much. But once I get against, uh, you know, further progressed into a season where the computer gets a lot tougher, I really struggle to move the ball with Dallas, and I can't stop anybody to pick defense. <laughs> you know, Dallas is a team, we you know when you ask, like, what did I do to get better against, against Cam and Derek and Team Canada in general? You know, Dallas was a team that I really had to work on the routes and I, I made sure that I got really good with the shotgun play. Same thing with Miami. When, when the defense is, is not in the right call and you're in shotgun with Dallas, Miami, you've got to make them pay. <laughs> so they were just, yeah, I just worked on it. Reps, 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 and reps. And I got to the point where I just, you know, learned, you know, let's key on this guy. And then based on what the defense does, I can click here or I can click here. You know, I, I just I had to do it so there was, you know, X amount of clicks in my head to get to where I wanted to go. So it, it took a lot of work to get there with Dallas. The uh, understanding the progressions and familiar, uh, familiarity with uh, offensive playbooks, passing plays, is an Achilles heel of mine. Because there's a lot of teams I don't really play very much as. Um, like uh, even good teams, like if I were to play someone who knew what they were doing right now and I played a San Francisco, I would be in trouble because I never play a San Francisco. Mm -hmm. I don't really know, you know, who's going to be open when I call a certain pass play and they've got three of them. And I ended up taking a loss. I probably should not have the last time I hung out with you. Um, and I played as LA, which I've done, you know, maybe two or three times in the last 25 years <laughs> since I was a kid and uh, really made a fool out of myself because I didn't know where, who the next receiver in line was and just got in a real bad spot and got beat by a, by a good player, but I ended up beating him later in the day and Looking oh, back on it, I Richie. Yeah, when you lost to yeah. Richie. Um, well, the yeah. thing with LA <laughs> is their their route progression or the clicks. I can't remember off the top of my head, but it's it is it jumps it like zigzags back and forth up the field, and so when you need to make a quick decision, um, you just you don't have the the you know like the memory of, the muscle memory of it, or or you don't know how many clicks, and so there's there's a play. I'm picturing it where there's two receivers and they're kind of in the same part of the field and one's deeper and one's shorter. And if you don't know the progression, right, you, you know, you'll throw to the wrong guy. And, you know, a lot of times it's an interception because the defender's off screen with like Marcus Allen, who's runs this wheel route and goes downfield. Uh, so it can be tricky. That's, that, that's another reason I made, and my wristbands I wear, I made offensive notes that also gave me some keys or notes for the, the progressions. Chicago, for instance, they have their one pass play. The progression goes from top to bottom. And then the other pass play, it's reversed. It goes from bottom to top. So if you don't know that, you're, you're trying to make a couple quick clicks to hit somebody that's open. You'll accidentally go to the wrong guy who's sometimes covered. It causes, you know... A, 
basically an unforced error. So there are a few anomalies like that in Tech Mobile that, that will give you some problems. Well, I mean, it's, it's mostly a matter of just putting in some time with them and becoming more familiar with how they go. Because mm-hmm. you know, when I found myself having to make decisions under pressure, and it did not. It did not go well. <laughs> yeah, and, and I agree totally because that's that's also what I worked on was like the mental prep, envisioning before every snap I knew what I was going to do with the ball in the passing situation or if this guy's covered. Um, and then I get to the point where I understand how the coverages work based on what the defense calls. And so I've gotten so I can do pre-snap reads. Uh, Denver's a team I can do it with. Miami, Cleveland. No, there's there's quite a few teams where it's it's easy for me to do a pre-snap read and and then based on who your primary defender is, um, you know sometimes I'll know like well this top dude's going to be open and he's not getting his bottom outside linebacker up there, so I don't have to think I can just make a quick throw, and that makes a lot of difference too. Absolutely, and I have to I have to admit I have not been playing. Uh, much lately i really appreciate you sharing the codes to the final games with all the teams i am definitely going to put that to use well that's and and i use that as a training tool mostly because as the as you play the season the the computer the team you're playing they get faster and stronger like every game so in that super bowl game I mean, you're playing each team at their max ability. So it, it's really, you know, the AI isn't that good, but it's replicating playing a human like pretty well, in my, in my opinion. Yeah, depending on who the defend, the top defensive end is on the other team, that can be an extraordinarily difficult game to win. Oh, yeah. Uh, like, Washington is a, a terrifying <laughs> draw late in the season. Yeah. Even, even with the computer uh, controlling him. Yeah, they're. Uh, it's mainly up top, right? Mainly the it top is. One. It is, and you know him and Dolman. Ironically, the two wide receiver run teams have like the two best top defensive ends. So a lot of times, I'll just <laughs> I'll, I used to practice against those guys, just because they fly around so fast that, you know, even if they shade the wrong way on a route, like they have incredible catch up speed. So you really have to, to think and, and make pinpoint decisions when you play those guys. Absolutely. You know, I have an idea for another tech mobile video. I wanted to do one about playbooks, about how a good playbook can elevate a bad team and demolish what should be a really good team. Uh, I feel like Indy's playbook elevates them because talent wise, they're not that impressive. Meanwhile, Washington has some of the most stacked talent in the game, but they're unusable because of their trash playbook. Well, the, the trick with Indy, it's kind of a it's a twofold process because I, their passing playbook is incredible. But yeah. Eric Dickerson, Eric Dickerson makes the defense call a lot of run plays, so it frees up the pass. I mean, it, it works together, but the fact that you have the the weakest throwing quarterback with Jack Trudeau and you have that goofy little out route, you have the safety valve toss to Dickerson on the other pass play. Yeah. The playbook is just, it's incredible. And Indy's offense just eats up the field, you know, five yards of play pretty much. There are a lot of, they're a lot of fun to get in a groove with. 
Nate used the term when he would when he would play me with Indy. He used the term "annoying" to play the, against Indy's offense, <laughs> and it's it's true, man. I'm like, and you and Nate have both said the same thing as you started to play with them and learn them. You were just like, man, like I can dig this, man. I can I can go for this. Yeah, he's uh, he's uh, dead on correct in that. I mean, it's when you're. When you've got it clicking, what I like about the Brown plays too is Dickerson gets the ball and he's already at the line. Yeah. Right. He's at the line and he's at that second level, uh, quicker, you know, really than anyone in the game other than Bo Jackson. Uh, that's a that's a weapon and that has to be respected. And it makes up for Trudeau's <laughs> uh welfare bone throwing arm, yeah. as I have uh yeah. previously referred to him. Yeah. Also, Indy has the the two run plays. Their Cam referred to them as the generic runs. And what happens is the center fires out and goes and finds the top defensive back or the bottom defensive. You know, depending on which which call you play, or uh, which play you call. Excuse me. And so Dickerson on those plays, the way it's blocked, like you just run up the middle of the field. The difference with Chicago and Denver, for example. They have their top run play has a pulling guard, so it's blocked differently, and so you actually want to follow up around the the edge. Um, so I think that's what you're noticing about Dickerson is you don't have to, you know, kick it out to to get the play going. Like you just go through the line. Um, so that's an interesting facet of Tecmo is is not all run blocking schemes are the same either. Yeah, it's a it's a, a game that seems deceptively simple, but when you spend entirely too much time thinking about it, like we do, <laughs> you, you find, you find there's a lot more going on than there appears to be at first blush. Yes. Uh, that's why I will drive 14 hours to Columbus, Ohio. And my wife is like, <laughs> uh, go win me that TV and you can have the Nest mini that comes with it. Uh, go, go take, some, <laughs> go do that husband. I demand of you. <laughs> and so I say, sure, yeah. I, I know enough about the game that I will drive 14 hours to win a damn TV and a Nest Mini in a field <laughs> of 32 players and really have no one come closer than 22 points. Complex What's game. Was, uh, would you say Houston or Des Moines has been the toughest field that you've encountered? Des Moines had the by far the best player. And then they had another guy that was pretty good. So Des Moines, Des Moines was probably the toughest. Houston had a couple good players. Well, Houston did have a scary player because David was really like, he would see things and other people might not think like, why is this happening? Like he would say, you know, why is this guy grabbing this guy? Or why is this blocked that way? So while he wasn't like the best player we faced, I felt like he was seeing things better than anyone we'd faced. So with some time, I think he would be a great player. But I'd say Des Moines, plus that Aaron guy. I mean, okay. he was he was tough, man. He split with Nate, and I beat him by four points. So, dang, I, you know, find somebody else off the street that's going to a either beat one of us or b stay within a touchdown or less in three games against us. He was incredible. Nice. I do feel like since we've seen him, and we, you know, believe me, believe me, we talked about him for about an hour after that tournament. So <laughs> I think like I feel like 
we we had some time to sit down and examine the games, and I looked at teams that I didn't think he'd be as good with. So I think we would – he could still beat us, but I think we would win some games more comfortably against him. It's like when you have to play a team on a Thursday night, you know, in the middle of the season, and they sneak up on you. But then when you – if you were to meet them in the Super Bowl and you have two weeks, two weeks layoff, uh, those games are going to they're gonna play out differently, I feel. So it's, I think that's the analogy yeah. there. Um, well, he sounds yeah, he sounds like a like a handful. He ran with the quarterback a lot, right? He, he did a lot of quarterback running to the top. Like some guys would run their quarterback up the middle. He would roll him to the top, and a lot of times the plays that we call, we want the top receiver covered. Well, in that situation, because the bottom ones weren't, we didn't want that to happen. And he was very disciplined. Like he would basically read you, and if you shaded too far to the receivers, he would run. And if you shaded too close to him, he would throw. It sounds like an easy principle, but he was good at it. <laughs> I've seen other people try it, and they weren't as successful with it. But he was he was a he was a load to deal with. You've been listening to the TechMobile versus RBI.com podcast. This concludes part one. Tune in to part two of Talking Tecmo with Ben Schwartz.